This is the More to the Story podcast with Dr. Andy Miller. We hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation. Will heaven be boring? I've heard people ask this a lot, and I'm going to answer that as best I can on today's More to the Story podcast. Thanks for coming along to this podcast. If you have followed this, we really appreciate you kind of coming along and being interested in the content content we're producing. Kind of the big idea that I'm trying to come up with is that this is content generally we're producing from an Orthodox Wesleyan perspective, or like content with Wesleyan Orthodox convention, convictions. And that means that like kind of like kind of at the root of, of who I am as a follower of Jesus. First, I follow Jesus because God has revealed himself in human history, and I believe Jesus was raised from the dead, and he sits at the right hand of the Father as king and is available for me. But I also think that John Wesley and the Wesleyan tradition has a unique way of looking at the world, and I find it to be true. And so I share thoughts and content that come from that perspective. You might have saw my last podcast that talked about this question, will my dog be there? Will my dog be in heaven, right? That's kind of an important question. So this is the second part, talking about whether or not heaven will be boring. Now, before I get there, just to say a thanks to our sponsors, WPO Development. They help people with strategic planning, capital campaigns, feasibility studies, mission planning studies. Their CEO, Keith Waters, does a great job helping people develop a plan. So you can Google them or go to info at WPODevelopment.com. Also, this is brought to you by Wesley Biblical Seminary, where I work, where we are offering free seminary for this fall semester. We have wonderful classes in the same tradition from which this podcast springs that we would love for you to participate in, like uh, opportunities that come from Wesley, including the Wesley Institute, which isn't for like credit in a seminary setting, but it is a nine-month series where we look at every book in the Bible. And that might be something you're interested in. So you could go to wbs.edu to find out more information about Wesley Biblical Seminary. So this question, it's an interesting one. Will heaven be boring? I heard this on the Joe Rogan podcast when he had Richard Dawkins on, the famous atheist, who said something like this. He said, and even if you do go to heaven, eternity in heaven, not just sitting not just sitting in heaven for billions of years, but trillions of years. Imagine how unbelievably boring it would be. Oh, that was kind of like, oh man, kind of like made me feel like, what am, what am I doing? What, what's this about? What are we talking about with heaven? Well, depends on how you look at heaven. And this kind of goes back to the same idea that often what Christianity has established, and I talked about this last time, was this, is this more, um, I can only imagine kind of version of heaven. Like, I can only imagine is this kind of song that came around in the late 1990s, early 2000s. It's a nice song, like very compelling from a compositional standpoint, but it's like this non-physical, ethereal, clouds, harp type of view, and it almost gives the idea that we shouldn't imagine, like we shouldn't think about these type of things. Instead, I want to drop back to another 1990s song from Christian world to think about this. And this was a song by Audio Adrenaline, which I think hits it a little better. It's this, Big Big House, right? Some people might know this song. There's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. There's a big, big table with lots and lots of food. There's a big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house, it's my father's house. Now, I think this gets to a better idea of what we're thinking about. My friend Jeff, who's in the room, he's like jamming out because I could tell he's definitely a audio adrenaline fan in his day. So, But there's this real kind of physical tangibility that we have associated with heaven that we should be thinking about. Like God has put this desire in us, a longing for us. And say C.S. Lewis says we wouldn't have these longings 
if they weren't things that could be fulfilled. The reason we long for a just earth is because God has put a just earth, a just world in our minds and in our hearts. And so we really need to come back to this idea of a two-stage reality of heaven. We use a heavenly shorthand to say, okay, we'll just go to heaven when we die. But really what we're talking about is after we, after our bodies are gone, like we're, we're dead, after that's, that's happened, we have died. We then have the opportunity to experience reality absent from the body but present with the Lord. But that's not the end of the story. There is, as the podcast, my podcast title is, there's more to the story. And that comes when Jesus returns. He will put everything right, and there will be judgment. There will be resurrection of the bodies, a resurrection of all bodies. And then there will be a new heavens and a new earth. Every longing that we've ever had will be fulfilled. And that's this is where we get the imagery and language of our tears being wiped. And this is why I think it's very likely that animals will experience this new reality, as I said in the last podcast. But back to this idea. I mean, would this be boring if we think of heaven as just kind of like sitting on clouds someplace, like not sure what to do? Certainly the idea of being in an eternal worship service, like a never-ending altar call, does not sound very good. But I suggest the problem with that is an inadequate, shallow view of heaven. So I want us to kind of look to the nature of our very desires and what they're pointing to. So this also gets back to another idea, uh, uh, maybe in the similar vein as Richard Dawkins, was Mark Twain in the great book Huckleberry Finn. And my boy, actually my son Titus is reading it right now, my son Andy has read it in the past too. And there's this interesting moment where toward the end of the book, Huck decides that he is going to go ahead and help his friend Joe, who's a slave, a runaway slave, be free. But he knows this is going against kind of the church teaching, what he heard in his Sunday school. And so he then has this clear moment. It's really the climax of the book where he says, all right, then I'll go to hell. All right, then I'll go to hell. And if heaven is just a reality where, you know, there's going to be this perpetuation of evil, where there isn't the ultimate satisfaction of all of our longings, then we might as well just go to hell, like Huckleberry Finn suggests. But a bigger, fuller picture of heaven is something that points out more than we can understand here. As, as we're told in, the, in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall fully know, I, I shall know fully even as I have been fully known. So thinking about this, I was reminded of this story of uh, the great composer Beethoven, who toward the end of his life, you might know, was going deaf. And he wrote a piece, Missa Psalmness. And this is a great kind of uh, reverent piece. But when he wrote this piece, he couldn't even hear it. He had to be brought up to the stage so that he could just feel the vibrations of that piece. And he wrote in his journal kind of like an interesting dark point in his life. He said this as he heard this piece and was thinking about his desire to write. He said, indeed, it seemed to me impossible to leave this world before I had produced all the works I felt the urge to compose. And this I have dragged on this miserable experience. He says, a truly miserable experience. But notice what he says there. He said, I feel like I had been put on this earth to compose more. There was more music in me. 
And ultimately, the promise of a new creation, a renewed creation, the ultimate vision of the eternal heaven, the eternal happiness of the righteous is such that we would get to do the things that God has put in our hearts. Beethoven wrote this music and he couldn't even hear it, but he sat there because he knew there was something more that needed to come. Like we, he had a desire to make more. He was made to do that. And ultimately, he got to experience it a little bit of it there. And it, similar, in a similar way, C.S. Lewis, in his great sermon, The Weight of Glory, says this. Like, basically, the idea is we can't see, we can't even begin to understand. And we can't just put off, kind of like, put it off to the side and say, oh, we can only imagine, don't think about it. Instead, let's look at what our desires show us and move along those lines. So he says, in this famous section of The Weight of of Glory, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward, and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. Oh, man, that's good, right? We're just making mud pies in a slum because we can't imagine how awesome it is to have a holiday at the sea. You know, I've I've had the experience of being uh, working for Salvation Army camps and being there when some people maybe go into the countryside for the first time and get the experience of like kind of another aspect of creation away from some of the urban environments of our modern cities. Like it's like, it's expanding. And even think about when we experience new parts of the world, like there's more than we can ever understand. There's, as we say, more to the story. I mean, think about what it's like when you've seen people, uh, some of these videos that come about when there are these sunglasses that people are able to put on and people who are colorblind all of a sudden experience color for the first time. I mean, I just cry every time I hear those things. It's, it's remarkable. It really is an amazing sight to see people do that. Again, the image of that passage, for now we see in a mirror dimly. We don't get the full picture at this point. It's not just, not just that we get to fly away someday, but God is going to make all things new. So just to summarize, like we're talking about the resurrection being the hope of the world, that our bodies being raised will present us with a reality that we can't even fully comprehend now. And it can't possibly be boring. Think about this. Like, it's resurrection that makes it possible for every tear to be wiped away from our eyes. It's resurrection that leads Paul to say, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? It's resurrection that's the death-defined event. It's resurrection that makes clear that God is not only the Lord of life, but the Lord over death. It's resurrection that makes evident that God's yes to life is louder than death's no. It's resurrection that makes clear that God will rule on earth as it is in heaven, as he does in heaven. It's resurrection that makes God's dominion on earth not just a hope, but a reality. Does this sound boring, right? 
When we think about kind of like what we talked about in the last podcast where we were talking about animals and the experience that animals might have in eternity, just think about how we just have a little slice of that in the animal creation right now. And there are our galaxies left to explore. There are opportunities that we have to experience a new creation that we can't even understand. Think about, too, like the ways that you've been wronged. Heaven, John Eldred says, is an opportunity, this new heavens and a new earth, where every story will be told rightly. Like every time you've been misunderstood, every time you've been characterized as a liar or somebody with an agenda or a motivation, when you know in your heart that you are right, God knew, but heaven's an opportunity where every story will be told rightly, where there will be rewards. Like often we're like presented with opportunities for rewards in eternity for the work that we've done in this life. Think of, uh, of great music. I can think of many opportunities I've had to experience powerful moments of music, particularly like in, in my tradition with brass bands. I've heard pieces, a piece like Resurgum by the famous composer Eric Ball. There was a moment when I heard that piece, and even though I just heard an audio recording of it, after it was over, there was dead silence for seconds. Or have, have you ever been in that moment where you've heard a piece of music and it's so good, nobody wants to move after it's over because you know how special it is? Think about the reality of, of science, how we are still exploring and understanding more things. Like there will be learning in heaven. There will be possibility. I, I, I'm not certain people have talked about this from uh, C.S. Lewis to John Eldridge to Randy Alcorn to uh, even John Wesley in a certain piece. Not, but even the idea of time travel. I mean, what would it be like? It's certainly in the realm of possibility if God is a Lord of time that we might be able to go back and watch uh, Moses crossing the Red Sea. I mean, these type of moments throughout the rest of history, drama, storytelling, these are aspects that will be a part of that renewed creation. Now, there's a way still that our society and our world is just longing for this type of thing. I was reminded of this when I saw this piece of, um, in USA Today when the movie The Justice League came out. And Ben Affleck is the actor who plays Batman. And he's talking about how people are looking for things like this. He says, there's a lot of stuff going around. Oh, sorry, pardon me. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world from natural to man-made disasters. And it's really scary, he says. Part of the appeal of this genre is wish fulfillment, right? This, this point of desire, this longing for a desire to be fulfilled. He goes on to say, wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody who could save us from all this, save us from ourselves, save us from the consequences of our actions, and save us from the people who are evil, it would be nice. And ultimately, that desire we have, even in going to see a movie like the Justice League or Marvel movies, to seeing things put right, ultimately exists because God is going to put the world right. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then, I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Will heaven be boring? Not a chance. And I trust that as we hear about this story, and we learn more to that story, we'll trust that God's leading us to a reality that's beautiful and perfect. God bless you. Thanks for coming along for the More to Story podcast.